You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 So here's a long time awaited podcast. I'm with Dawn Thomas. Is it Thomas Dawn or is it Dawn Thomas? It's Dawn Thomas Shockley. Dawn Thomas Shockley. And you've lived an incredible life. I mean, just <laughs> from the things you've told me. Uh, if you don't mind me asking. You can what, ask me anything you like. What's your professional title? I guess you'd say housekeeper. Housekeeping. Okay. You've had so many professional jobs. Like, just give me your shoot. Give me every single one you've done. That like you really, you know. <laughs> How far back you want to go? <laughs> as <laughs> as far as you're willing to tell me, I guess. Uh, but I mean, I know you've told me you've done arm wrestling. Yep. You were a professional arm wrestler. So let's start there. What do you mean by professional arm wrestler? Because as a as a kid, that's like a that's like a you know you tell your parents that, and your parents are like, okay, yeah. You want to be an astronaut too, I bet, right? And you want to be the president. Yeah. Parents would always joke with the kids come up with the stupidest ideas for jobs. But professional arm wrestling, mm-hmm. that's got to be a story to tell. You should have just became a, a kindergarten teacher and told every kid, hey, you know, I was a professional arm wrestler. <laughs> so how did that even get started? What made you even want to do that? Um, the guy that I was dating at the time, he uh, he was into it. We started training together. He's, he was training me the different moves and the different hands. Um, different grips and stuff like that and then next thing I know I'm in the competitions and I'm arm wrestling people all around uh, up and down the east coast and as far out as uh, Wisconsin we were going to tournaments and you were probably going up against competitors that were twice your size I mean their size doesn't matter I I noticed that going, <laughs> yeah, especially just I'm no offense but looking at you you're not the biggest person in the world so it's mm-hmm. like knowing that you were professional arm wrestling that's all gonna be technique size and muscle doesn't don't don't matter it's the technique and the move and when you say you were professional like you won championships you won competitions at least oh yeah you train a couple days before and uh, get your arm, your arm strength up. So what'd you do, like exercise-wise? A lot of wrist curls, a lot of uh, bending, twisting, uh, elbow exercises to uh, get this muscle with uh, like 45 pounds. Did you work out your other arm at all or just do? Just the one, just my right. Really? Did that cause yeah. any like um, atrophy like in your body? Just like, because mm-hmm. there was a movie that came out a long time ago called Lady in the Water and the dude did an experiment where he just lifted weights on one side of his body, leg curls with one leg, um, bicep curls with one arm and his one whole side of his body was jacked and the other side was all skimpy and he was doing like a project on it. I was pretty jacked up to begin with so it's <laughs> You're ripped on, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Get, rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> it was for traveling competitions, like that's a that's a thing. I've never even heard of a arm wrestling competition. I've seen the ones on Facebook like the, where the idiots slap each other and do that and see who can like get knocked out or something. No, that's nothing like this. <laughs> but this had like, do you won cash money, prizes? Tri- we won trophies. trophies. We won certificates. We won uh, hotel stays. It was all competition. It, you know. It, for fun, you know, more I know it's professional, for this but is like, it, it got to be fun, you know? You're talking to a kid that dreamed of, like, being a superhero, so it's like, <laughs> when you hear this, it's like, that's like a job that would have been awesome as, like, a kid, I would have thought of that. Like, yeah. I want to be a professional arm wrestler, my parents would have been like, alright, shut up. <laughs> Get an education. I mean, that makes me want to th- look up professional selling or something, mm-hmm. just to, like, some type of talent, you know, that I can might be good at and win money at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try it. <laughs> it started when I was dating this guy, and uh, I would watch him at the tournaments and stuff like that. And it got to be interesting, and he kind of like took me under his wing, and he trained me how to do the different moves and the different uh, positionings of your hands and your special. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the feet, the feet and the legs. Feet were important in arm wrestling. Oh yeah, you got to curl your one foot like around the leg of the table, so you don't. Get pushed Isn't that illegal over. though? Because I remember whenever I would get a grip down onto 
table or something, they call that cheating. No, you use your feet as, I don't know if I can, I can show you. See, when you grip here and your pad would be on both sides, one pad would be hit for your opponent, the other pad would be for you. So when you come back down this way, if you get caught in this type of position, you don't break your wrist. And I've seen videos of people messing up and popping out their elbow or something. Oh, like that. you. Did that ever happen in a competition? Uh, yes. I broke a girl's arm up in New Hampshire. Now, <laughs> obviously it wasn't on purpose. But no, it, it, was, it was horrible. It was, it, 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 you could hear that snap and like did immediately arm just did went. You, did immediately you let go and stop? Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I broke her arm like two inches below the elbow. It always feared me. I used to arm wrestle and joke around with my friends all the time. But then when I saw a Tosh.0 video where a woman popped her elbow joint out of socket, and it just, it deterred me from even trying to it, even do it anymore. It's like I can't even get the force into the arm anymore. It happens. It, and that didn't stop you though. No, it didn't stop me. It definitely freaked you out probably. You're probably oh, thinking yeah, about it, it that definitely night. You went to like a Denny's that night out. after celebrating and then you were thinking about that like, hey, this is pretty good pancakes, but I just watched a woman get her elbow popped. Yeah, it, it, it freaks me out for for a little while. Did it, um, it, it didn't stop you at any, like any moment. It, I'm not saying permanently, but just for a little while, like a no. month or so. No, You might have thought about something else. No, every other week we had competitions. Oh, so you're going all the time. Yeah. And how many did you win out of, did you win more than you lost yes. when you did go? Yes. That's crazy, just because you're not a big person yourself, so. And for, in my mind, when I think of arm wrestling, I think you would have to lift for your body weight, at least your arm, as much as possible, just trying to get that one arm super, super strong. And I know you said you've exercised using, like, I'm guessing pulls, small dumbbells mm -hmm. on one arm, yep. not really working out your other one, and that doesn't cause any atrophy, which is um, ridiculous in my mind, because being a fitness-like person like I am, they talk about if you don't work out your one muscle as much as your other one, you're gonna, your body's going to atrophy after a while. And you said that you didn't experience any of that. No. Uh, during this time of this arm wrestling, I was also setting pile, lifting up 50-pound 50 ba uh, bags. Oh, so you were getting the full. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't just working out. But just for that set of thing, you were. Yeah. Your coach, yeah, obviously had a coach for a little... Was he a personal trainer, like, designed especially for arm wrestling or no. was he just a fitness guy that knew how to work out no. certain parts <laughs> he was just some guy he was my boyfriend and he was into it for for a long time he would he went to the worlds a couple times did he have a magazine subscription no wow. <laughs> you think that's what it would be we were usually doing the competitions in bar setting scenes type thing bars and clubs uh, but when we went to um, the bigger competitions, when we went to the nationals, that would be at a convention center. That was out in Rising Sun, Michigan. And that didn't, did, did it start off as like a, like a party trick kind of type thing where you're like, oh, hey, I'll arm wrestle you for a beer or something? No. Because <laughs> you think that would happen a lot in a bar setting. No. One big group of us, I mean, we were like family when we got together for these competitions. Also be people from New Jersey, New York. Uh, down here in Maryland, uh, Virginia, people were coming all over from all over for the competitions. Any people from like any other like countries or? We had when we went to the nationals. Uh, there was some Rus uh, some Russian people there. There was some German people there. Were they jacked up on steroids. They looked like they were. They yeah. Like they weren't just training one side of their body. They were training everything. Yeah. The muscles in their neck. I don't know how you get those bigger, but. but they all lost. They all lost. Yes. America won. Yeah, this is why I'm saying uh, it's not the muscle, it's the technique. Teach me the trick to break someone's wrist. I'm kidding, don't do that. That no, would freak me you, out. You don't want to know that. <clears throat> you do not want to know that. Is there just a special way that if you try and turn, you could end up snapping somebody's wrist? Has anybody ever tried to hurt you while you were arm wrestling? No. There's not those types of people because you know that you hear those sore losers in boxing that or like an MMA fight they try and hurt you if you're not going to give up. It does happen. I'm not going to lie. It does happen where you have somebody that really wants to kick your ass. <laughs> and after you hurt somebody or has, have you ever had anybody be really like sore loserish type when you beat them? Mm, not really, no. 
That's good. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be that hostile for arm wrestling. Us girls got along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was the guys that were more intimidating. Well, that's a more alpha male type thing when you look at the perspective of male and female. Yeah. Just because guys want to be the big, tough ones. And if you're losing an arm wrestling competition, you're not feeling too proud about yourself. Yeah, you'd have to look up a, look up a couple on the uh, internet. For me, it's it. I, I, you know, I work at a gym, and I also like work out all the time. So everyone's trying to get as big as possible, and there's people like me that try and stay as you know lean and just fit as possible. But that's like that. As a guy, the whole thing is trying to be bigger than somebody else. The same reason for football, where there's guys weighing like 300 pounds that are just monsters. Like yeah. You, you compare me to one of them, I'm like the size of their bicep. <laughs> You're a toothpick compared to them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're massive guys. They just eat all the time, and they're like, I'm just here to be bigger than the other guy. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. You constantly kept up with me while you were out in the hospital and like went through major arm surgery, which... We need to get down to the fact of what exactly occurred. Yeah, I know you got metal put into your arm. Oh, that's when I broke my arm. This, that just happened? No, that's when this happened. <laughs> what happened recently where you had major arm surgery and you were out Oh, for my unlearned nerve. I, it was pinched. And that's, is that a, that's a common thing, because I, yeah. I know they talk about that in the fitness, like if you don't stretch your arms and all that type of stuff, you can accidentally get that nerve pinched behind um, one of your bones or it gets stuck behind, behind something, elbow. and the only way is to either get it surgery or they can have a doctor try and re- like move it, but it usually never works. They have to end up getting surgery to fix it, and that got you out of, do you think that might have been linked to you being a professional arm wrestler? It could have been linked to a lot of is things. That, that's your arm wrestling arm, isn't it? Yeah. So you think all the times you arm wrestled and trained and all those, you know, because you have to put your hand in a weird position when you're arm wrestling. That might have caused that nerve to accidentally slip back there and get stuck behind that bone. And my tile work. True. That, 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 I know when I brought that up to you before, you, you were like, that never, crosses my, that never crossed my yeah. mind. But I'm like, that's something you got to think about. You should have brought that up to your doctor. He's like, oh, that's what did it. It could have been. It yeah, could have been I mean, anything. You can, you can get it from having pull-ups or if you're doing bar dips. When you have your arm, it's holding you up. So if you... When you bend down, you bend the, uh, the the actual nerve and the joint in your bones, and it ca- it can cause it to slip because that's the main thing they tell you about. Like that's a, I think if you probably look up one of the causes to getting that nerve pinches, um, one of the exercises would probably be bar dips, just because. But you got to think that there's so many things that can go wrong. I mean, that's like that's a crazy one to have happen too. Yeah, my brother had the same. My brother had it done too. He he drives forklift all day. And his arm's yeah. bent, like, in a driving position. Yeah. Now, what, is there anything you wish to accomplish? Because, I mean, I know you're a housekeeper, just professionally as it is now. We work at the same hotel. But is is that, are, are you just comfortable where you're at? Or well, is I'm there comfortable any, where I'm at. I don't need to go any further. I've done enough you've had shit kids. in my life. Yeah. Well, tell me about the shit. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I want to hear about it all. Uh, let me see. I mean, I'm only 20 years old, so you're talking to... Um, it's like I'm talking to my kid, you yeah, know? Yeah, you're talking to a baby on this earth, practically. <laughs> like, I still haven't even experienced the real things out in the world. Be a biker, and believe me. Tell me about being a biker. Nothing will, Why are we talking about that? Nothing will ever surprise you again. <laughs> when did you start to become a biker? When the, Just tell me that. I had a 2008 uh, Harley-Davidson. I started on a little Kali, a little Kawasaki, a 250. And the guy I was with, uh, the same guy who did the, we did the arm wrestling with, he had a big Yamaha. I don't know what kind it was, but it was a Yamaha. And we'd go out riding. And I just thought one day, I'm tired of looking at the back of your head. Because when you're on the passenger, yeah. you don't see anything. It's like you got to look over the shoulder yeah, like, or around the body. Over, like, like I'm, I'm tired of looking at the back of your head. I want to get. I want a motorcycle. So my boss at the time, my tile setting boss, he had um, the little Kawasaki. Yeah. And he sold it to me. So I learned how to ride a motorcycle on this little Kawasaki. It's basically like riding a bike without pedaling. Did you ever experience whiskey throttle? I think that's what they call it. 
the fear of when you're like they tell you like you end up speeding up and you're trying to stop but you end up turning the throttle even more oh no and that's how people get into those accidents like you see the funniest videos or something where the dude pops a wheelie and flies off the back uh, and the goes flying into a tree that's called whiskey throttle the first thing that i was taught on that bike was when you get in trouble go in neutral kick it down in neutral my grandfather was a giant uh, like harley davidson fan still is but he owned a bunch of harleys the very first ride i ever went on was on a harley with him and I remember being... And really, all you saw was the back of his head. <laughs> well, I was so little at the time when I first rode with him. He put me on the front in front of him and because I was so small. So he had to keep me like he would go slow, but he would keep... Like we wouldn't be on an actual road, be on like, a, like our street. He would go up and down the street just because I enjoyed that. I had my helmet on, but he would sit there and he'd basically have his, his giant like football-sized hand on the top of my helmet. And he, that'd be how he controlled my head. <laughs> and he'd keep me sitting there, like kind of a little bit of force down so I'm not moving. But I remember putting my arms around the big gas tank that was in uh, front of me yeah. and just holding it and thinking, wow, this is awesome. And trying to look off to the side, but I look, I was like a turtle basically because I was so small sitting in this little thing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what advice would you give someone, you know, that, and I, I at this point, I'm a little bit older and was learning how to drive. And I remember I first just encountered my very first deer on the road. Oh my. And I asked him about that. I was like, hey, cause you ride bikes. And I thought about getting one. What would you, what would your first thing to be say if I ever ran into a deer while I was on a motorcycle? He said, he goes, I've totaled so many bikes trying to avoid the deer. Yeah. And he goes, worst comes to worst. If, it, when you hit it on a bike, it's basically, that's it. Mm -hmm. But you know, whatever happens, happens. But he said, if you try and swerve and avoid it, you end up getting more hurt than you actually have. And he said the same thing with yeah. the car. You try and swerve a lot of people that you see in ditches and stuff with their cars flipped over. He said, if there's a deer in front of you and you're in a car, just hit the deer, take your chances. Because if you try and swerve to avoid it, you're gonna end up totaling your car and might get more hurt than, mm -hmm. you know, if you can try and stop, yeah. sure. But it's true. It's true. Or you lay it down. Your bike? Yeah. While you're driving down, lay it down. Mm -hmm. See, that scares me because I've seen too many movies where the guys are flying down the road and then they slide off going like 80 miles an hour, but it looks like they're just getting massive rug burn, burning those leather jackets. That's why you wear the leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was to look badass while you're on that thing. <laughs> Did you have a biker bar that you went to? I didn't drink. I mean, you don't have to drink to go to a bar. We went to a lot of bars. You can be that person that was a non-alcoholic and just sat by the jukebox machine like the Foz. <laughs> we went to a lot of bars, but we didn't drink. Mike and I didn't drink at the time. So you just didn't... So it's like, did you ride in a biker gang? We... Our, our quote-unquote gang is Lehigh Valley Hawks. Lehigh Valley Hawks, uh -huh. and that was just a friend thing. It wasn't like you weren't rolling around with chains. No, we weren't like the pagans stuff. or the warlocks or, you know, that type of stuff. Well, it's, the type you see on the TV, the stereotypical biker. Yeah, we weren't like that. We were more like the wild hogs. <laughs> the wild hogs, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we were more like the wild hogs. We get together and we go all different kinds of runs and stuff like that, like poker runs. Any, any runs? Um, like a nature trip you took one time like the whole point of wild hogs was they went out to go take this epic trip before they got too old did you do any of that like, oh yeah we did an epic trip yes where, what it, was this epic trip we started off up in pa uh we brought the bikes down here and we trailered the bikes down here we parked the trailer and from here we went down to the tip of florida down through the keys Every state, all the way down, down to, uh, down to the Keys, came back around the other side of Florida, the Gulf side, and rode out to Mexico, to uh, New Mexico. Why'd you decide to go to New Mexico? Uh, we just... What'd you get to Florida and just decide you wanted to go even farther? <laughs> no, it was not really a planned trip. We, just, we were just both off of work for like three weeks. So, like, so we went through this. 28 states in 21 days. Is there any beautiful sites that you saw where the Tennessee mountains talked about this multiple times to on my podcast with people? It's a common question I like to ask. It's called a transcendental moment or a lot of people say epiphany, but a transcendental moment meaning like you saw like you, some people see a sunset, some people see you know, something where everything clicks. You're like, this is what life's about. Did you experience that on your trip where you saw a lot of times a beauty? 
a lot of times. Is there any one that you can describe to me? Uh, coming down the Smoky Mountains, going in the Smoky Mountains. Was it the feel in the air just? The air was different, the scenery was different. At, when we went, it was kind of like toward the end of fall, but coming into December. So the leaves on the trees were just turning orange. They were orange and red and browns and yellows. Uh, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And then my favorite part was that going through the mountains and you have the, the leaves on the ground. You look in your mirror and you see the leaves fluttering the, up fluttering past. You know, as you're driving past. That was pretty cool. I liked that. Up in Canada. You went to Canada too? Oh yeah. Did you run into the Mounties? No. No? They didn't try and chase you on their horses? No. Offer you any syrup? No. Oh. no. First thing I would look for is a Mountie. We put, how many miles did we put on? Uh, close to 4,000 miles. Did you sell the bike afterwards? No. No. Uh, no. Here's, a, here's a slightly used bike. I just rode it 4,000 miles and I think I'm done. I had, on, on my bike, I had over 63,000 63, miles on my bike. Good God, Don. When did you? How much did it have when you bought it? Seven. You put some miles on it, it for sure. It was a brand new bike, not one mile on it. It's still in the bubble wrap. Do you still? I mean, I know you, you don't have bikes anymore. Do you? No. Do you have that passion still for riding? Uh, I will never be able to ride again. Why? Uh, for one, because of my heart. Yeah. Um, of course, my arm now. Uh, it's. My blood pressure, I get, sometimes I get skittish even being in the car. That sucks. Yeah. Do you ever still kind of miss it a little bit? I miss my bike a lot. That's a, that's a big fear for me on my passion, working out and doing fitness stuff. My fear is that I lose that passion, like not, you know, might hurt myself one day. I know I won't be able to keep it up forever, but no. it's just like that fear. It's like, I still enjoy it kind of. So it's like. You know, it's a little hobby. So I'm trying to get into podcasts and finding out these inter interesting things about people. If you ever you. get a bike, it doesn't have to be a Harley. It doesn't have to be, you know, if you ever get a bike, a motorcycle, first place you got to go is Deals Gap, the Dragon's Tail. The Dragon's Tail is 314 turns and 11 miles. Holy crap. It, it, it's awesome. It just beautiful sights because there's no way that has to be you got fun no time to time. look at sights you got the road all right were you going you fast have, down this you can't go fast that's what i'm saying that's what i don't see the fun in that just the turns because you, you live out in the middle of nowhere so it's like i'm coming back here and i'm it's going from 65 to 35 and then there's nothing but turns everywhere and i'm like this sucks well, this and there's was, nothing to look at either this was great I, we, were, we were there a couple times just to go, just to go down to the tail. And it wasn't that far of a trip, so you could easily take no. a 20-minute drive down there, basically. No, it would be like a four-hour trip. That's a trip and a half, Dawn. We were riding 18 hours a day a couple times, a lot of times. What were you living off of to stay up that long? My work. <laughs> My tile-setting business. No, I meant like, what were you taking? Energy drinks? What? No. It's once you, get on, once you get on no, once you get on a bike, it's it's a totally different feeling. It's you own that. Like street bikes, and you see those people that fly in between cars. Those are assholes. Yeah, obviously, but just the fact that you get tunnel vision when you're on those things. You don't see anything around you, and when you're on a bike, you think you can do anything. No, when you're on a bike, you got to watch everybody and everything. I, you definitely become more aware, but you got to realize, like, you, 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 you feel like you're empowered. You can slip right in between, oh, this traffic's in my way. You can go right through that. Yeah, those are the assholes. Yeah, I just, you got to think about all the other people on the road, too. I mean, all the, the guys not paying attention on their cell phones. You, I can see where you could definitely be more aware. You probably mm. see three steps ahead at that point. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy being on a bike. And the things you see, <laughs> oh, man, we went, we, uh, every year, we went down to Washington, D.C. for the Rolling Thunder, which we just heard the other day that they're trying to shut it down. Now, Rolling Thunder has been around for over 30 years. It, it's for the, you know, for the Vietnam vets and, and you know, it's kind of like a political, non-violent 
uh, get together. Millions of bikes go down to Washington. Millions. And it's like a, a silent protest of uh, what they did to our Vietnam vets. Mm -hmm. And it's to honor the Vietnam vets that died, lost their lives, you know, or hurt. Our demonstration was going down Pennsylvania Avenue right in front of the, uh, the White House, just riding past it. And it got to, the last year we went down there, it got to be, there was 750,000 bikes there. And for, to converge on the Pentagon parking lot, we would take up that parking lot. We would take up, uh, Kind of like the car show when it comes down. It's, it's a, a hell of a lot, lot bigger, yeah. Oh, a lot bigger, a lot bigger. And that's just a memorial for all the people that lost their lives. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to take it down? It, they're trying to shut it down, yeah. Why, is there any specific reason? Uh, something to do with the Pentagon and the police, that they don't have the time or the patience for when the bikers go down there. Say a lot of those older folks that come down there, you know, they're very respectful, especially we have Bike Week that comes down to our town and they're way more respectful than the kids that we have come down here. Oh, yeah. Those little H2OI cars, little international ones, mm -hmm. little stickered all up and everything. I mean, those guys tear up our streets and then the, the biker guys leave it pretty clean. Even when they stay at the hotel, they leave it pretty clean. Yeah, yeah. but the things you see, uh, like the one out in Sturgis, we've never been to Sturgis, we never got to go. Uh, you, you see a, a lot of shit, a lot of shit. Drugs? <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's drugs being go going on, but I'm talking about the people. Uh, the costumes they would show up in, or lack of costumes. <laughs> Those are just wacky people. I mean... You probably met some characters. Oh, we... Oh, go on, you're a character. The people are crazy. I mean, I've got a picture on my phone uh, when we were down in Washington, and I had a, my chaps on. And this pair of panties that said, want to ride? Good job. <laughs> Might be learning people, a little too much about you. And people were like, oh, let me get a picture of you. Let me get a picture of you. And I was like, oh, right, here you go. <laughs> Strike a pose for her and shit. You know? That's funny. You'd have, you'd have some of the girls just walking around with dots on their tits, you know, half naked and shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's fun though. It was, it's fucking crazy. But it was a blast. Oh yeah. You know, a lot oh, of yeah. people talk about Burning Man, the characters you see there too. You ever been to Burning Man? No. That's something I definitely want to do. People say they reach like a spiritual type of experience when they're going on there, mostly because they're on acid or something. But it's the fact that like you're in a desert, you know, it's super hot during the day. And you see people painting each other. You see like all this weird stuff. And oh, like, like Easy Rider? Yeah, but it's like, it's like a, it's like a, like you're in a Beatles song or something where people are tripping out and watching this giant statue of a man burn. And it's like, it's just it, at night in the desert, it's like the weirdest vibe. And that's what, you know, I, I haven't experienced anything where, you know, I've been on camping trips before, but I wouldn't definitely one day take a giant camping trip out and take a, like a nice part of the mountains or somewhere and just stay and like with a couple of friends and just, you know, enjoy it, Yeah. you know, live. We did a lot of that too. We did a lot of camping. I mean, you just packed up on your bike in tents and mm -hmm. rode off. Basically, did you stay yeah. in the Smoky Mountains at all? Oh yeah, yeah. Specific frights that you had down there? Because you said you had the transcendental moment, like where you saw the leaves of the trees. But did you have any scary moments where you were like, that was close? Uh, the animals. Bears. We came across a bear. Yeah, a bear. Uh, a lot of deer up there, in there. And that's why I said when you're when you're on a bike, you have to watch uh, uh, way ahead of you, and you can usually spot an animal. You either slow down or put it down, one or the other. Yeah, deers are probably your biggest fear, especially when you're on a bike, because they'll just tackle right into you. And mm -hmm. They'll clip you over. Yep, I've seen it happen. Have you ever had a major accident on a motorbike? Me? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't major, but. To me, it was major. What was it? Uh, down in Florida, at the Boca Raton, uh, we were leaving the Harley Davidson dealer, dealer, and it just got it just started to dry up from a rain, 
and we were coming down the highway and all of a sudden my bike ass end just went out on me and I curled up behind the tank and I just rode her out. I must have slid maybe 75 feet until I stopped and Mike he was ahead of me so he didn't know what was going on until he saw me on the ground. Yeah turned around and just saw you there. Yeah he, so he came turned around you know he came running down to me. I was okay you know I was, I was shaking up as hell yeah but I was okay. So I at that point I was like almost afraid to get back on the bike and he was yelling at me get your ass back on that fucking bike or you'll never ride again. So of course I Got myself together, got on the bike, we rode down about a mile or so and we pulled off. And I got off that bike and I just went to the ground. I went to my knees. He was trying to get you out of the state of shock. It, yeah. So uh, he can't, you know, he can't bent down over at me and he said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to light the cigarette. My hands are like shaking like fucking hell. I couldn't, I couldn't light my cigarette. He said, relax, calm down, you're okay. He said, are, are you hurt anywhere? And I could kind of like doing, you know, feeling myself, you know. He said, I don't feel anything really broken or anything. I had a little brush burn on my knee and I think I broke uh, the growth plate in, in your hand. Mm -hmm. It's called a growth plate. That <clears throat> bitch swelled up like, like four Soft times its size. Softball size, right? Yeah. Uh, he said, you want to go to the hospital? I said, no. I said, let's, let's ride. Let's just keep on going. I'm just, I said, we're not going home and we're not going to the hospital. Because if it is broke, they're going to put a cast on me and I won't be able to ride. That but, much of a passion for riding. Oh, yeah. Checked out the bike. There was, not, there was a little scratch on the, on the Darby. It's, it's the cover on the engine. It, there was a little scratch on that and... She was fine. Got lucky. It was how you take it down. If you get into trouble like that where the bike, you lose the end of your bike and you have to put it down or you end up getting put down, you curl up like a ball and just ride it out. That's the same thing they tell um, NASCAR drivers when they get into a car accident to let go of the steering wheel, so mm -hmm. your hands up in the air or like up by your head because if you hold on to the steering wheel, it's going so fast, the steering wheel immediately turns in either left or right direction and it'll snap your wrists. Yep. See, I don't. That makes me think that I don't want a, a bike now, just because not the fear of that, but knowing even when I'm driving down the road and a piece of like trash is flying in the wind and it randomly flies by the window, I duck. Or a bug. Like, like, like you think <laughs> it was coming at you, like it's gonna hit you, but you realize, wait a minute, there's a windshield in front of me and there's a car. Uh -huh. So it's like, yeah, it's not getting in. But on a feeling on a bike, imagine if a bird or something just flew out of nowhere right <laughs> near me. I'd stick my hands off the ha uh, handlebars. Next thing I know, the bike crashes into the side of the oh, road. All the bugs were so over. bad down there. Oh my word, they were you so You ever get one right bad. in the mouth? Yeah, many times. Many times. Did you wear sunglasses? I had a, a helmet. helmet. You had a helmet with I, a visor? I still have my helmets. And I bet that thing was covered in bugs. We were down in, where were, where were we? Uh, gator territory. Florida? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever run into a gator? Yes. Did you ever hit one? No. Had to be a fear. Just one just randomly slides down the middle it, or just it was, pops down right in front of you. You have to stop. Obviously, uh, you it's know, like hitting a tank. It, you know, it's like you can't swerve. Of course, you can't swerve it's around. It's a baby dinosaur. And it's it. Uh, we came up to many of them, and they would just kind of like look back at us and just keep on walking. You know. <laughs> I feel like you'd be one of those people that'd be like, "Hang on, I got some lunch left too." Trying to feed it, don't get back on the bike. Hang on, I get a picture. I take a selfie with this gator. <laughs> They were big, they were big, but the bugs, oh my God, bugs, green bugs. I mean, the size of half dollars. We that got had to suck if you just left the hotel and you were like, we're gonna go out to eat. And then you like on the ride there. And then once you finally get to the restaurant, you're like, I'm already full on bugs. Thank yeah. You. You're just covered in bug debris. Trying to pick them out of your teeth. <laughs> keep a pack of toothpicks handy. <laughs> no, I have a full face device. I had, well, I have a full face. My little head. We will see. <laughs> I was going to order 
the main reason when I see at like two o'clock in the morning you're on Amazon if you're not sleeping like me and you start looking at some dumb stuff and I started looking at bikes and then I was looking at a motorcycle helmet and then they had an alien versus predator helmet it was the predator dudes face, yeah the yeah. whole giant you know the clicking they got one. some pretty neat helmets dude yes I was gonna order I was like eight hundred dollars I'll just save that for later uh -huh. you know like I'm gonna actually end up getting a bike I'll just ride around with it in my car and I'm like, why are you wearing a helmet in the car? Go. My mom bought it for me. <laughs> Crash think? test dummy. <laughs> Crash test dummy. Did you ever ride out in the rain? Yeah, many times we got caught out in the rain. Now, did you ever purposely go out and ride in one? No. No. You tried to stay away from that as much as possible. Yeah. Was there ever a time you ever... Because um, I remember when I was a kid, I used to be on my bike and ride in the middle of a thunderstorm not like purposely but get caught in it and you're trying to beat the thunderstorm home like race it mm -hmm. you ever done anything like that on your bike yeah you're trying to beat the rain or beat the storm yep coming home from one of the road trips that we did uh back home in pa uh we got caught in a torrential torrential downpour and we were on the uh, interstate i-95 we had to pull over we couldn't see, so we ducked underneath the tractor trailer. <laughs> the whole ride? <laughs> no, we parked. Oh, okay. We parked. I thought, because, you know, I see um, when I'm, if, like, I ever take a trip, like, somewhere and it starts raining real bad, I see a motorcyclist hiding behind, like, a big car or something trying to block off some of the rain or off to the side mm -hmm. where they're trying to get out of, like, where the way, if the rain's coming, like, a certain direction, yeah. they're trying to stay as dry as possible. I figured that's what you were talking about. No, it was, it was bad. But when we took our 21-day uh, trip, uh, and that's when we got those big snowstorms down here. You didn't get caught in the snowstorm, did you? Yeah. So you had to wait, or you had to ride in that? We rode. In the snow? Yeah. Blizzard. Yeah. We were caught in between storms. How freezing were you on that bike? I have a heated suit. Oh, you had a life. Because <laughs> I used to be a jet ski guide, so I had to be on a jet ski out in the rain or out in a storm like that. My jet ski would go 75 miles an hour on the water. It was a supercharged um, Ultra 200, 220, I think. And uh, that thing was, I mean, just to hear when you hit that throttle, wing, mm -hmm. and it feels nice and flat. Oh, you'd get 75, no doubt. I mean, I would hit that thing right in the morning at 6 in the morning. Nobody's out there. Water's nice and flat. My boss would go, want to go take her for a spin real quick? Uh, yes. Go from one side of Ocean City to the other. I'm telling you, that rain that comes down, it feels like bullets. Mm -hmm. You yep. get hit by that thing. I remember I got hit one time. I swear to God, it knocked me off a jet ski. I remember one time I accidentally killed a seagull. It was in front of me. I'm like, it's going to get up and move. It flew up last minute. Didn't, I guess they didn't expect me to get that fast to him. And the jet ski, the front of it comes up, hit me dead in the chest. Thank God I was wearing a life jacket because it hit me. My left arm flipped off the throttle, everything. I almost flipped off the back of the jet ski. And I was like, what just happened? I turn around, this seagull's neck's all twisted. And I'm like, I just killed a bird. I felt so bad. But I was like, he kind of deserved it. I mean, the asshole didn't fly up out of the water. <laughs> but it was like so crazy. It was like one of those moments. You're like, whoa, what just happened? Mm -hmm. yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Squirrels do the same damn thing. Now that I actually <laughs> think about it, as much as I rode a jet ski, I probably wouldn't be too bad on a motorcycle. I'm pretty good driving. But it, it's a lot of it comes down to the same thing, the way you have to turn sometimes mm. and have to keep your kind of body weight in the middle. If you can ride a bike, you can ride a motorcycle. I'm not very, I haven't rode a bike in a long time. I have to, you know, put some training wheels on before I went on to a Harley or something. Well, there's classes you can take. I thought about doing that. I thought about being a bike cop. There is classes you can take. Because I see those days where those state troopers are out there flying down the road, pulling people over on a motorcycle. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. And then you think of those days now where it's hard rain. They're sitting out in the hard rain on their bikes with their giant rain jackets. Like, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. That's the same thing how jet ski was when it was raining. You were like, I don't want to work today. I don't want to work today because you're out there in the rain. And people want a jet ski in the rain, I'm telling you. You think, ah, there's a twister outside. They don't want to go out there. We went out there and a lot of stuff. All those little tropical storms we had when we had those giant hurricanes, Sandy and all those that came down. Uh -huh. Yeah, we were out in the water. That's crazy. And you're out there for 12 hours sometimes without any food or anything. No, you got to keep a water in your little glove box just so you can hydrate. Because if you have back-to-back -back trips going out, you're not coming back in.
<laughs> the boss like, just stay out there. We'll, we'll bring you food. Eight hours later, where's the food, man? <laughs> I ordered belly busters, and it ends up being like this sub that's back at the shack for like 12 hours. By the time you get home, you're soaking wet. And sometimes you had a wetsuit on, so it feels weird taking your wet clothes off. Uh -huh. Imagine being completely exhausted coming home. Your whole car is soaked because you were sitting in your car with wet clothing, like a wet, wet, super tight wetsuit. And you're trying to take a shower, you don't even feel like taking it off. You end up giving off when it's like halfway around your ankles when you're sitting in the bathroom. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to get in the shower at this point. Your hair is all dry from the salt. <laughs> oh, it's miserable. It's already giving me anxiety just talking about it. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> so, besides biking, where are you from exactly? Because I don't even know that about you, and I've known you for a couple of years now. I'm originally from Hellertown, Pennsylvania. I think I actually do remember you telling me you're from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Now, your childhood influences, is that any of those that might have led you to biking or anything like that? No. <laughs> just, I mean, just having the personality of being an adventurous person, I guess. Mm -hmm. And even with arm wrestling, there was no one in your life that, besides your boyfriend at the time? Nope. What did you start out wanting to do? I worked at McDonald's. <laughs> you worked at McDonald's? <laughs> I was also a seamstress. A uh, seamstress? Yeah, I worked at a company called Saywick Manufacturing. We made bathing suits. You made bathing suits? Yeah. Any popular ones? Bikinis. Two-piece, one-piece? Two-piece. Women? Yeah. yeah well, so. women and guys. And guys, two-pieces? Well, the guys had shorts. Speedos? Yeah. yeah. They shut down years ago. Years. Years ago. Any passion that you wanted to really pursue as a kid? Like, did you go to college or do anything like that that you really were? Nope, I dropped out. You dropped out of high school? You dropped out of high school and joined the, the uh, Army. You joined the Army? Yeah. Why aren't we talking about that? <laughs> How have you not told me that? You didn't ask. Oh, okay. That is very true. That's a good one. <laughs> so you joined the Army. Now, well, at the time, women were just starting to join the Army? No. They've been in there for a while. Yeah. But they weren't treated equally. I mean, they're still not treated equally now, if uh, you think about it. No, they're not. It's we trained with the guys. Yeah. We did everything the guys did. Do you feel and like they were trying to push you out a little bit more, or did they take it easier? They definitely had uh, the push. The push? Yeah. Our company commanders and, and our uh, drill sergeants, oh yeah. Just act a little bit rougher towards you? They were rough on the girls. If the guys could do it, they had the frame of mind where if the guys can do it, the girls can do it. We did the guys' push-ups, we did the guys' runs, we did everything the guys did, we did too. They treated you equal, though. Mm hmm So they didn't try and, like, basically push you out, like, make you quit. No. What did you do in the Army? I was company clerk. Now, what does that entail? Uh, the company clerk, did you ever see MASH? No. You never saw MASH? No. The company clerk takes care of all the paperwork, uh, basically a secretary. Okay, so you didn't actually experience any? No, I didn't. My brother did, though. What did your brother do? My brother was over, my brother drove tank. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I would have thought you would have done, <laughs> drive nope. a tank. Nope, I was company clerk. Now, did he choose to do that because blowing stuff up? Uh, my brother's a very weird, a weird bird. Uh, Aren't we all, though? He's. You're calling your brother weird, and you're wearing a sack of Jawea shirt in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Any important paperwork that you came across as a clerk? Uh. Like anything that was like this needs to be brought to this person immediately, or like you know when you hear about the MIAs or like the emergency reports where someone's lost and they need to immediately be brought to someone so they can go find. Well, we had a couple people that were MIA that didn't show up for the for the drills, but they just got docked pay. Wow. I meant like any war stuff you could tell me that was like, this paper needs to be given to this guy at this time so he can send out these troops. No. No, I didn't get any of that stuff. So how long did you stay in there for? Technically, I was in for four years. And... You just ended up leaving just 
what else did you do after that? I got a trainee dis. I got it out on a TDP, a trainee discharge program. Honorably, I was honorably discharged. For what? My back went out. Wow. They made you lift stuff? That made your back go out? We had those packs. We had carry-ons we had to carry. And they would have everything in it. Your canteen, your pot, your helmet, your extra clothes, your weapon. And it weighed a good 75 pounds. You carried a weapon? Yeah. Pistol? M M16. Oh. <laughs> How did that feel, Ellen? Feel like if someone back talked to you, you're going to... Hey, we had oh god! During basic, we had a, we had a guy go nuts. What? We had a guy go nuts. Shoot up the place? He tried to shoot one of the officers. For what? <gasps> he just went nuts. We were in a foxhole. Like a private pile and. Yeah. Just went crazy. Yeah. But did he freak out just because he was in a foxhole, foxhole or getting yelled at or something? We don't know. He wasn't in our platoon. He was another. He was in another. He was in Bravo. Oh, so you just heard about it? Mm -hmm. He freaked out and started firing his weapon at toward the drill officers. What they have to do? They knocked him out. Oh God! <laughs> they knocked him out and sent him home. <laughs> sent him to a psychiatric facility. How? That just shows you the mental evaluations they should have on these people before they. Because you hear about all these people that come back shell shocked from war, mm -hmm. and they're messed up for the rest of their lives, and they still can't even get medical help nope. from that. Because of how ba like bad their PTSD is and they're trying to cope with it. That's something that, you know, a lamp or something breaks or a light bulb or a loud pop mm -hmm. or something. They can just go off. Something just sends them back to that. Yeah. The things they have to see, you're lucky you didn't go over there. But it was over there. See, that's what I think about when it comes to, you see Lone Survivor and those types of movies that are basically propaganda to join the military. If you've ever seen, have you ever seen Lone Survivor? No. Have you ever seen American Sniper? Any of those yeah, movies? I saw American Sniper. Yeah, all those movies are propaganda. The first hour of American Sniper where he's like, yeah, I got this many kills. And, like, you know, you see all the cool stuff they're doing. Then they show you the epic battle and stuff. At the end of it, you're like, you want to go fight for your country. You want to go do what they were doing. And I think a lot of the reasons why a lot of my friends that graduated high school were like, we're going to be jumping out of tanks and, you know, hitting the ground running with guns and shooting people and <laughs> capturing all them enemies. And like, you know, that Southern type thing. Uh, my brother like, didn't see any type of action like that. He was over in Desert Storm. He was in uh, Desert Shield uh, over in Afghanistan. He basically uh, was the armored, the armored division, rode the tanks. Uh, what they did over there was basically, I can't say guard the oil fields. The oil fields over there are like burning. He sent so pictures home. He more like just tried to preserve them? Yeah. Do you have a different view today towards our American justice system because of your just experience and knowledge of... Our government's fucked up. I don't even want to get into that. Are you sure you don't want to get into it? <laughs> I kind of want to. <laughs> Ever since Nixon, Carter, all the presidents that we have ever had, they have always fucked up something somewhere well the idea <coughs> of having a president that runs one person running a nation male or eventually maybe female it's it, it's ridiculous you shouldn't have one person that governs a whole nation of people it runs all your decisions comes like everything comes down to the final thing is on him yeah he can get vetoed but having the idea of having one man in charge is a little bit ridiculous of a job for anybody mm -hmm. And you hear all these people like, oh, Trump's terrible, oh, Obama's terrible, that whole political thing that always gets brought up. It's impossible for one dude to, or any body to run a civilization. It's ridiculous. We should all have an agreement towards something. But at the fact, there should be people that deal with different things, a multitude of people that should be running the country, not just one guy. Yeah. Yeah, we have our secretary. Trump's of state. an asshole. I don't like him. I didn't. He's a none he, of He's our a presidents. showboat. He's a showboat. That's what he is. He's just there for the popular thing. I don't even think Bernie wanted to be president. To be honest with you, I mean, Bernie. You don't remember Bernie Sanders running a long time ago? No. 
<laughs> Where were you during the election? I don't know. The old man? <laughs> the one person? The one person? Had like the cotton candy hair? No, he had literally remember. no hair on top of his head, but had more hair on the sides of his head than anybody running for office. I don't remember him. Oh, man. So you know Trump Like I said, where skin. was I? Yeah. You weren't a hippie growing up, were you? Uh, sort of. Uh, I had the long Woodstock. hair. Yeah, kind of like Woodstock-y type thing. Did you go to thing. Woodstock? No. Did you trip on anything? Uh, in high school. In high school, we uh, did acid. And I'm a, what, a post-Vietnam baby. So you were after Vietnam? I was born in 1963. Mm -hmm. And Vietnam lasted until, what, 67 or something like that. So, growing up, uh, Kennedy was shot that year. That uh, was when I was like, a baby. I think I was three or four years old when Kennedy got shot. But in high school, we had this math teacher. I don't remember if you would know about this, this movie type thing that came on every Saturday. It was called Thriller. Yeah. You'd see the hand come up out of mm -hmm. the sand. We had this math teacher. We dropped some acid. We were techers. Okay, so we got we got away with a lot of shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We did this acid and our next our class was Mr. Kilker. Oh my god. Okay. Had his arm amputated from the elbow down. Oh Lord. So imagine sitting there tripping. And you're thinking thriller where that hand comes up out of the sand and looking at him with no arm like, okay. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny? Yeah, because that would freak he, me out. He would sit there and do stupid shit with, with his thumb. He would take a pencil and stick it in there and <laughs> use his arm for the, <laughs> to do the stuff on the chalkboard. Like, we would laugh. Oh, God. We laughed so fucking hard. It was it was funny. It was funny. You didn't get caught? Oh, he knew we were tripping. He just didn't care? He didn't care. As long as we got our work done, he didn't care. Was he a hippie himself or no? I don't know what he was. He's a, he was a weird guy. Yeah, he was, he was cool. Him and our English teacher. Oh, and our psych teacher, Mr. Arnold. He was, he was cool. He could come up to you when you're tripping or something, or he knew you were doing something. He'd go, how do you feel about that? Huh? Just randomly out of yeah, nowhere? Yeah, just really. <laughs> Good God, that had to be fun. See, if you did try to do that now, our school system would fry you like an <laughs> egg. So basically high school was your tripping, tripping days. I didn't, I only dropped acid maybe two or three times. So. Did you try anything different once you left? Like anything more experienced drug-wise? Uh, I did. Oh, that was bad, bad years. Explain the the, wor the worst chemical that I did was crack cocaine. How did that? How did that even come about? I don't know even how it started. I tried it once and I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is pretty cool." Because I, it gave me such a rush where I'd get into it like a cleaning mode or something like that and just fucking clean everything. House was know? spotless. House was spotless all the fucking time whenever I did it. And. Uh, with the guy that I was with at that time, he died of an over overdose. And once he died of an overdose, that was, that was it. I never touched, never touched it again. It seems like a lot of your stories or your crazy experiences are because of guys you've dated. Just did he did he push you onto it, or is it just something no, that you had and you're like, let me try it? Yeah, it was experimental type stuff. Then how long did you stay on that? A couple months. Did, and did any family members come up to you and like figure it out? They didn't any, know. Anybody, nobody figured it out, so no. you just stopped on your own? Yep. It wasn't something that you were like, I need help getting over this addiction or nope. anything? It was just... Once once he died of an overdose, I heard him, he wasn't home. We had a fight that day, and he left. He ended up at a friend's house, and he overdosed. It was, I think it was in my 30s. Kids and all? Jay, we would only do it on the weekends. Because on the weekends, my kid would go to his friend's house. You're acting like it's a slice of cake. It was a slice of cake, but it went, It scared crack, the shit out of me. Crack cocaine. It scared the shit out of me. Whew. Never touched it again. You're like, yeah, you can have it, you know, a donut every once in a while. Yeah, you can crack on the weekends. Good Lord, it's not a fun weekend. It wasn't just me. It was a bunch of people would get together. 
Okay, so social. It was more like you were socially obligated to do it. Yeah. Like when you see people smoke cigarettes in public, they don't smoke cigarettes is because it's a social thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had people people come over to the house. I mean, it's like a big party type of thing on the weekends. Of course, I was working at the time, so I never had to solicit my body out. Yeah. And you know, it was. Just a fun thing to do. Give me something to do. Is that that the farthest you went was crack cocaine? Yeah. You, you ever try anything else? Nope. Any other type of nope. drugs? So just acid, crack cocaine. So you have a couple tattoos on your arms here. I have um, more than a couple. I have 13, 15. Like any specific ones, like somebody you might have lost or just one that you were really, really like into? Like I know you have a bird or something on your arm with, with some flowers. Is that something? This is my mom. My mom loved hummingbirds. Because I'm trying to get, I'm, almost 21 and I'm trying to get a tattoo I've been de trying to debate for a while what I want to physically put on my body for like the, it might be my entire life in memory of somebody that always helps family connection too yeah I have a you know those little ribbons the for breast cancer and stuff like that yeah I have one of those too in the center of my back any crazy ones that you would like to get removed if you had to this one you can't even see it anymore <laughs> what is it it's supposed to be a dragon and a wizard. Looks like a gargoyle. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you want a dragon and a wizard? It was cool when I first got it, but over the years, of course, it got How old black. were you when you got it? You got me thinking 20, so if you say something older than 20. Okay, let me see. This was my first one. Is it a wolf? No, it's a unicorn. <laughs> you might want to get that one touched up a little bit. <laughs> see? It had a unicorn. It was like a porcupine with a carrot. <laughs> that was my first one. That was when my son was born in 82. That's your only tattoo that you remo you get removed is the vampire and the dragon. Yeah. There's a wizard and a dragon? It's supposed to be a wizard and a dragon. Any, what was the idea behind that? Just that was something cool. I like cool wizards and dragons and if fairies. I, if I bought you a van that had that painted on the side of it, would you drive around in it? What, that one that they advertise on TV? And, and with the, you know, with the, the purple what, van with yeah, the unicorn? Yeah, and like the giant <laughs> wall painting on the side where, it, you know, <laughs> it's like that older comic book type guy. And yeah, I'd probably the, drive it. Yeah, that, that's your personality and that's what I love. I'd probably drive it, yeah. Wayne's World type stuff. I, I had 73 Pinto. It was blue. And I caught up with a friend that does painting, mm -hmm. that does cars. So for a case of beer, he made he put a unicorn on my hood. No, you drove around in a Pinto with a unicorn on the hood of your car. Yep. Let me see. I didn't get my driver's license until I was in my twenties. So it was fresh. Like yeah, you weren't that much like old. Seventy-three. Were you driving to school with that? I was out of school. But you would run into your friends or go to a party, and that would be on the hood of your car. Yeah. No, did you not get made fun of for that? Huh? That is awesome. <laughs> Definitely in the past year, I thought about um, changing in my own life too. I mean, I'm not too old. I'm not too young. You're a baby yet. Yeah, but I still haven't experienced everything I want to experience in this world. There's a lot I want to experience. And it seems like I'm getting a lot of the joy from interviewing people and especially really nice people that I've met. And it's definitely changed my perspective on life itself, um, going out into the world. Uh, it's usually this is usually how I wrap up a podcast It's just I started to realize that you know everyone's got something to tell and I always say it I always say it and I just it, the fact that I realized that at such a young age is amazing but you know meeting all these nice people it definitely has changed my way of how I act towards people um, when I'm out in the world you know holding a door open mm -hmm. you know striking up a conversation I was never that type I always kept my mouth shut I was very yeah you were you were quiet when I first met you yeah I was very yeah. introverted because I was scared because I grew up with really bad ADHD talking constantly just not being able to shut up and constantly everyone telling me shut up you're annoying and no one really liking me because of how much I talked and how stupid I always cracked jokes and that was their perspective of you but you know yourself different yeah but when people are constantly telling you that your perspective changes about yourself. You, you don't up, believe anybody, what anybody now says. Now I don't because, now I don't because I learned that. But back then I was so, I took bullying hard. I was bullied very bad for being, you know, overweight and a little bit stuff like that's where my fitness passion comes from. But I used to be super into video games, just closed off from the world, didn't enjoy it at all. And I mean, I'm starting to enjoy it now just because mostly started when I had a car. 
mean, once you get a car, that freedom is something different. Mm -hmm. You've got the freedom to go anywhere you want. If you want to go experience the world, you want to take a drive, you just don't want to go in school or you don't want to go to work. Oh, don't you take life go. for granted. It is too short. Especially. You could be, you could die tomorrow. You got one life. You got to experience whatever you can whenever you can. If someone offers you crack, you take it. <laughs> no. <Okay>. No. <laughs> but definitely find the good things in life because there are good things out there. For anybody out there listening that might be having a hard time. We all get stuck in ruts. I got stuck in a rut at one point where I didn't think it was going to get better, and it got better. So find your passion and your hobby. It doesn't have to be working out. It doesn't have to be video games, but it can be if you want it to be. Just find something that you want to do and make sure you take that step forward to getting it. Right, Dawn? That's right. All right. Thanks again, Dawn. Yep. Bye.